0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Let's Drone Out. Any views expressed by the, any guests in this show are personal may not erect the view of others. And uh, I'd just like to point out that <laughs> a certain event sucks balls now. Um, tonight we are joined by our lovely man with the moustache, Stephen. Alright, good evening everyone. I'm bright until I fly, as usual, always here. And tonight's guest is uh, Serb, or Server Serveryurus, or FBV
1: Racing Solutions. Yeah.
2: Yes, a new name to you guys, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, so not with the Killer Quads brand as much now, we're doing FBV Racing Solutions, which is your uh, race in a box.
2: Yeah, well, there needed to be a distinction, um, because, I you know, Killer Quads is a community, and... Um, I started going up and down the country doing race directing for other people, so I didn't want to. I didn't want to kind of mix up the community with the, me doing that. So FPV Racing Solutions. That's, that makes that, sense. That's, that's me. And, and you my got dogs.
1: in there first before anyone took all the easy names as well.
2: <laughs> I couldn't. It's when I googled move. it, I was like, wow, can't believe that's available.
1: <laughs> also, I must say, I
0: really enjoyed your wiring of your new race trailer. Did you like that? yeah with the shielding and everything i was like oh, sir you're a man cool. of my own heart i
1: think last time you just discovered this trailer after buying it during lockdown and, and you were in a state of yeah i, th- I think panic largely <laughs> when on. you realized the no, work that needs it back. to be undertaken put it back. <laughs> so you know t- tell tell us what happened with this the, trailer the t-junction as well oh very so good.
2: And oh, I, I designed and 3D printed those as well. Because, oh, wow. You
1: <laughs> printed your own junctions. Yeah. I couldn't that's find nice. any
2: on the market that I liked. So, um Proper yeah. conduit. Oh, <laughs> soft mounting, oh. and everything.
1: Professional. Well, I, I, So, you, you had the trailer. You'd found it that was left in someone's, like, industrial unit or something, and you dragged it back to yours when we last spoke, and you were kind of at the, let's get going. So, what's happened since then?
2: Uh, so, so, that's kind of how it arrived, uh, and it looks lovely in that picture, right? Uh, that looks like, put some wheels on it and off you go. Very much not the case. Uh, what should have been um, start the internal fit out turned into uh, take all of the suspension off, uh, all of the braking systems, all, all of everything underneath it came off, all of the electrics got stripped off, uh, everything had to be rebuilt, the, the braking system uh there's a um a coupling i've learned so much about trailers in the last 12 months the thing at the front you the hitch it's not called a hitch Mm -hmm. it's called a coupling um yeah
0: it's only it's only that if you're a yank
2: yes um my coupling was ruined it sounds
1: quite like a a yokel farmer (laughs) description to call it a hitch doesn't it um
2: yeah it might put an ox on the front of it or something (laughs) son
1: of a hitch Mm. Um, um so Sorry, we
2: so, uh, so, yeah, so in, instead button. of just fit it out, it's been a complete restoration, basically, um, because it's uh, it was knackered. It was much more knackered than expected. Uh, so there, the coupling had to be replaced. That was like 400 quid. The, the brakes are completely brand new. Every moving part's been replaced. Um, somebody yeah. had put the wrong... You got
1: a carcass, and that was it. The yeah. structural elements are the only ones you kept. Somebody yeah. had put
2: a, um, the wrong brake drums on it, uh yeah it was a complete nightmare so um it's all rewired uh as jack says like that new wiring loom uh the brake system's done the coupling's done it's theoretically now to where it should have been 12 months ago can i
0: can i just interject for the audio listeners you displayed a picture I wondered, could you um, give us a name or a brand or a type of name of brand of a trailer?
1: It's like a side opening with so an Bruce opening. Was displaying his delicate underbelly and some I, of the uh, encrustation. Yeah,
2: yeah. I always forget about the poor audio-only people. Yeah, it's it's a... Um, let me remember the dimensions. They said
1: they made somewhere in the black country in 1970. <laughs> no further details yeah. available. Is that an RX-7 or a... Uh, mx5
2: that's a uh, supercharged mazda mx5 is it that's very nice <laughs> um but the trailer is uh three Buzz meters grinned. by two meters uh it's an indispension tow van. uh circa about 30 years old um it's been adapted to have the side opening because it, it was um used to sell stickers out of at um, car events uh it's got a big roller shutter at the back. And um yeah, so underneath it I've had to to run all this flexible conduit and and upgrade all of the wiring. Uh so the guys that can see the pictures are looking at corrugated conduit and brake cables and um it up very high in the air on axle stands, which is um a little precarious. Yeah. Um, terrifying. But now now we've got to that stage, right? I can start looking at the bodywork. Um, so, I've, I do have a little video clip here that I can show you of, of the next thing I have to deal with.
0: Okay.
2: Uh, because the fit-out should be happening now because it's it's a rolling shell, but no, I've got to do other work. So, so here comes um, the back doors. Say what you see. Uh, and so, there's me looking at the roller shutter and the panel... Uh, you mm. can just stick your hand straight through it.
1: Absolutely safe, it, uh, secure premises. Yeah, for sure. completely rotted out. Totally insurable.
2: Uh, and you can see the roller shutter there. Um, if I drive that down the road, the whole back end of that is going to drop out. There's one piece of solid wood on the right-hand side, um, and that's it. Other than that, uh, that whole back panel.
1: Oh, right. so 50% stronger than a lot of trailers we see on the motorway today then.
2: Yeah, it's, uh, that's it's absolute, absolutely shot, so <laughs> that's the next bit <laughs> uh, So the, the dream was this year to be going up and down the country just arrive, open the doors uh, and race direct, and that hasn't happened um, so instead I've been driving up and down the country with everything loaded in the back of the wife's estate car and you know, the, the usual two hours of plugging things in which is... Um, yeah, it's we, we've
1: got some photos of you with some quite fantastic-looking custom flight cases with speakers mounted and everything.
2: Yes, that's that's not a surprise. Is that the current setup? Um, so yeah, so current race control looks looks a bit like that, uh, which is a six by three big gazebo, uh, and I've built um, yeah like a, a briefcase. There, that's that's got uh, a laptop motherboard inside it. It's got the screen. It's got a little two-channel mixer. It's got power over Ethernet outputs to run the timer. Um nice. so, so the idea is, it's put the case down, open the lid, and go. Um, and and also to help me out, we've we've also got uh, in FPV racing solutions. I've got staff. Um, wow. That, that is monkey. That is RC Maniac ninety eight, uh, and he's my VAR judge. So that's been a big change this year. Well,
1: what is a VAR judge for the uninitiated? Uh, that's the video assisted referee. All oh, right. Okay. Uh, so mm-hmm. he sits. So he's bon- the people that he's the one that gets shouted at, and, uh, and not you.
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, good. So I don't have to deal with all the pilots coming up to me and go, "It missed one of my laps," or "Oh, it counted six laps and I did 12. and um, you know. All, and he's all that.
1: got a whole different pelican pelican case with a load of. It su- yeah. looks graphics like a PC card. power supply and a graphics card we can see with a couple of blowers on it.
2: Yeah. So he's built his own VAR case as well. And he also d- looks after all the track cameras for me. Uh, so I don't have to think about that stuff anymore. So I can concentrate more on the streaming awesome. uh, and on the actual race directing. Um, okay. And, um, so there's
1: one side which is broadcasting and the other side which is adjudication and you totally yeah, separate the functions.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's been a big change for this year to to try and spread those loads.
1: How, how are you dealing with power?
0: Are you, like, AC inverting everything, or is, have you switched, like...
1: Do you ch- nick batteries from the d- flight d- line d- when d- no only?
2: How <laughs> well, do you deal with that? At, at some venues, we're very lucky, and they'll let us plug into power. Um, uh, but everywhere else, it's it's a dirty, great petrol generator, and, you know, you'll burn 20 quid's worth of fuel in a day with a 3,000 nice. 3, kV... Petrol Jenny, you have to set off as far away from the race control as you can. You're
1: telling me you don't have giant power banks and inverters. Like surely you've got a surplus of lipos. I
2: I wish I did. Um,
1: DC.
0: Why isn't (laughs) everything running on direct? Yeah, all
1: the PC components are DC, and you have to fanny around putting them through AC to, to get them back to DC again, don't you?
2: Race case, race case will run from 12 volts. So it's all DC to DC converters inside. There's a switch on the top to switch it from AC to DC. And when it's on DC, everything is running. Because there's no point going 12 Super volts efficient. to 240 volts to 18 volts. Yeah. So it goes power. from 12 to 18 DC to DC. But When it's on the mains, um, there's a cheap Chinese um, power supply inside it that spits out 12 volts. But uh, with everything else, uh, uh, if you've got a decently big event, you need a decently big set of speakers. So there's ah, there's right. now a couple of 12-inch cabs sitting under that desk to my side, I don't think you can and see. And the amps
1: that go with those yeah. are never the most efficient things under in the world, are they? Over. We're not talking Class D amps. We're talking old, noisy, with fans in them.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. We're talking cheap Chinese 3,000-watt amp um, to drive those bad boys. And then you've got the um, the Event VRXs, which are the HD Zero video receivers, where you can Ooh. pick up uh, four pilots on one box. So two boxes will cover you for, for eight pilots and nobody followed. They do eight eight digital eight and analog on. as well. They do, yeah. And they automatically awesome. automatically switch. Which is wow. just heaven. Absolutely. That's a heaven. huge leap forward. Yes. Yeah. And and that's enabled us to do uh so to do other things. So um in our in our race screens, I'm I'm big into this, um, I think I spoke about it last time I was with you guys, the wife test like a stream has to pass the wife test. To me that's important. To other people not so much, but to me I've got I've got a thing about that. You have to be able to put the stream on in the living room on YouTube on your TV and for the wife to go, "Ah, oh, it's all right. I'll, you know, I'll cope with it. It's interesting enough." You know, like um Top Gear made car programs accessible for people that weren't just car nerds. So to pass the wife test, I'm I'm about making it about personal stories. So uh, some pilots love it, some Tell me a personal
1: story then. Yeah, pretend I'm completely uninvolved here. What would be a personal story of a race pilot you'd throw out to get people hooked? Well,
2: well to tell those personal stories, I'm, I make sure that all of the pilots submit a headshot. So so this is an example of what you'd see. This is uh, heat four of five, qualifying round four... It's about to start, and here's JJ against Clive against Cerberus, uh, KPV, who's you know tell a bit of a story. He's the he won the veteran class last year, so people actually start to see faces, and then you start to see the you're not just seeing drones whizzing around the screen, and then and then when we're racing, one of the great things about the event VRX is is if a pilot goes down, you lose their feed, so um, you can overlay instead. Uh so in that example Bearman's crashed. So you get a nice little picture of Bearman instead of looking at static. Um and when they are actually flying, you get their little avatar in the corner. Uh, uh, it's just where's the solo button when you want it? <laughs> it's over there. There we are. Um, yeah. so when you when you start doing that, when you start making it about people, then the the your partners tend to get a bit more involved. They want to watch it. Non-drone people start going, oh, this is quite interesting, and they get dragged in by it um, because it's it's fast and it's exciting.
1: Um, as long as they don't suffer from motion sickness, which is yes. my the, the repeated complaint I get in this house, which is, <laughs> oh, they keep turning upside down. Oh, no. <laughs>
2: well, I, I struggle to spot. Um, when you're not racing, uh, you spot for the other pilots, and I, I struggle. I get quite travel sick. Um because uh, I'm I'm not the one at the controls. I think I'm mean, the same in a car if someone's driving on, on a track. I'm a very bad passenger. Uh, I, so it's
1: trying to read in a car. You're trying to tell your brain that something else is happening and they yeah. ignore reality, and
2: it yeah. just goes no. So and I, I get quite I get quite queasy trying to watch a drone. Someone else is flying.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a couple of things race trail. I think we want to talk about. Timing and streaming gear, I think we were just talking about the, the streaming bits and bobs. Um, has anything changed from the audience perspective? Because you, you've got this laptop and everything, and you've got all the data at your fingertips. Um, are you gonna? Are you sending that out to the internet now, or do you have projectors on site? What, what kind of display solutions are you doing?
2: Uh, yeah, so we've got um, that little, uh, there's a little monitor we, which we put on the pilot line. Um, and we're discovering that uh especially when we're at the rugby club or, or a venue where there's a there's a bit of public footfall um people are coming up and I want to watch and we and we point them to the spotter screen on the race lot uh you know the flight line which is intended for spotters who's that have digital goggles or analog goggles and they can't spot across right. uh, across the divide um so i've actually Just gone out. I'm not quite sure how all this is going to work, but I've gone out and I have I've got a 16-foot inflatable projector screen.
1: You genius. That's what the world needs. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And Um, a light um, silent to go uh, with it. Um, well, I've got a a big chonky projector. Whether it will work on a really sunny day, I'm not so sure. Uh, but you know, I can't afford to go out and buy a massive, like, you know, proper display screen. Well you can't move um, the thing I then, did... can
1: you? You'd need another trailer for no. the screen never mind the trailer yeah, you've got for your kit.
2: F- thousands and thousands yeah. of pounds. Yeah. Um, so we'll give this a try. It will work very well uh, at the Jim Gibney Memorial Race which we are making a weekend long event. Uh, so on the Saturday night I have a suspicion we'll be playing Mario Kart and oh, it gets dark lovely. enough for the show. <laughs> but we'll, we'll see how it works. Um, but yeah trying to get something up so that when you're at that you know, a, a more public event.
1: Are you going to put that in uh, a I gazebo to shield it from the
2: sun? That's the current thinking, yeah. So when, when we migrate into the trailer, I'll have a 6 by 3 gazebo spare. Um, the question will be if the 16-foot screen fits under the gazebo. But we'll find out. We'll find out. If not, then uh, I'm going to be buying a 65-inch telly and bolting it to the wall of the trailer somewhere. Good luck, man.
1: I, I think you're, you're going the right way. And, and I think you've done a couple of live broadcasts over the interwebs as well, haven't you? So if people are standing around, they've got phones in hand, they might be able to, to tune in.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're streaming to YouTube while we're on site. Um, so you can tune into it on your phone just to YouTube. We're also looking at uh, a local NDI stream. So we use a technology called NDI for our field cameras. So we have up up to four field cameras. We've got an option for six, but we've never gotten quite that carried away. Um, we've we do have an option to NDI across the network so people could connect to our Wi-Fi and then get a live Ooh. stream with no without the YouTube lag on their device. Without trying to struggle to get a um, phone
1: signal and all that anything in some way. Yeah. Somewhere. yeah.
2: And we also had a crazy idea about putting a HDMI input into a, a HD VTX and sending it out on R8. <laughs> so, it's not the worst idea. So yeah. you t- tune your goggles to the live stream, but we we haven't quite done that yet. The VAR has been the big thing mm. this year um, to get all that set up and working oh, and, well done, and the feeds coming out to it. And, and the nice thing about VAR is it gives me instant replays. Well, it gives the VAR judge instant replays. So people come over, and he logs... Logs them as we go through, and then we look at his log at the end of qualifying. You've literally got freeze-frame so
1: data right there.
2: Yeah, and he can go through it. And so the thing that's coming next will be the instant replays to the stream. So if, if somebody smacks a gate yeah. really hard. Or, or, or
1: there's a mid-air. Because,
2: yeah, yeah. Because we've done all that work in the background to set up the VAR system, that's, that's the next step. Um, it is really reliable uh, instant replays. Awesome. So that should be fun.
1: Oh, it sounds like this is really picking up pace. This is very exciting to see because we talked to you a while back and it was all like the genesis of an idea. I think you, yeah, you really get momentum behind it now. That's great.
2: Yeah, I've, I've been nerding out.
1: So Jim Gibney Memorial, where, when? Uh, uh,
2: yeah, so um, we've been running at least one race a year uh, in memory of our mate Jim, the Jim Gibney Memorial race. This year we're running five races, so we had to do something a bit special for the for the gym race. So we've made the gym race a weekend. It's the third race in Killer Quads five race series. And it is on the 29th and 30th of July. So the the weekend at the end of July. Um, and it will be a British qualifier. Now I've I've tried with these five races to not make them British qualifiers because everybody's charging up and down the country, going to BQEs and we've lost the art of a local series so th- this five race series will have a winner there'll be a big prize pot um we've got some big sponsors uh so you can win the five when they get covered but, yeah. in cheap sparkling wine that well they might get covered in cheap sparkling mead oh even better stickier <laughs> because uh one of our sponsors is actually a a, a bespoke mead Oh, maker. nice! I, don't know if the, I used to drink I a load of I mean,
1: mead back at university, in moniac and uh, lime bay and all that.
2: Yeah. Big fan of mead, yeah. so they're, they're very um, yeah, superb quality meads, affordable prices. Uh, the arcane alchemist uh, is mm. the, is the guy's name, uh, and he sponsors us. Uh, we're going to look and try and we're trying to do something that sparkles, uh, but we have um we all we always have the um the, the good fun prizes right because the guys that turn up and just have a good time deserve to go away with something um, so we, we award uh, Donk of the Day um, which was, uh, we were actually on a rugby pitch last time so someone did actually donk a rugby post and they oh, make a brilliant excellent. noise so, so Donk of the Day but uh, Arcane Alchemist sponsors Spirit of the Event mm. so so the person we decree the Spirit of the Event for that event wins the bottle of milk. who won
1: that last time then
2: uh, that was Scotty Do last time uh, because he absolutely destroyed all of his quads uh, and in the end had competed in the final by borrowing someone else's quad uh, and I think possibly their controller and he just soldiered on and just like got on with it and still that managed to, to finish the final. Yeah, yeah and that, that the spirit of the event. So.
1: so Killer Quads doing pretty well then by the sound of it.
2: Uh, we're, we're purring along, you know. We we, we do our thing. Um, it, it's nice that there's that little crossover between FPV racing solutions and Killer Quads. Uh, but I've um, for the five race series with my Killer Quads hat on, uh, I've gone out and I've I've talked to a lot of sponsors. Um, so we've we've got uh, Gemfan Gemfan Racing on board to replace all of our race gates. Nice because. Uh, uh, you guys will have seen, um, guys out in chat are probably aware of like, the inflatable gates, which are lovely. One race gates. Because they're big. Um, but they, you know, inflatables plus props is is a, a bad proposition and they have a shelf life. Uh, inflatables There's don't last There's only so forever. much
1: gaffer you can apply to a gate before it ceases to be a gate. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. So, so there was this big quandary of, um, you know, what on earth do we do? Uh, and I was looking at going with multi GP gates because they're, you know multi GP are making a good a good showing of it, you know. Uh, and whilst I was looking at multi GP gates, I discovered championship gates. So there are there are multi GP chapter gates and there are championship gates, and the championship gates are ten foot by six foot, no, ten foot by eight foot. So much much bigger than a, than race a chapter. So a first class or something. No, that is for their championship-level events. So you can't run a multi-GP qualifier with a championship gate because a qualifier is designed for a chapter gate, which is 5 by 5 uh, So I actually spoke to Gemfan, and they were just in the process of of adding a championship size version to their range, and Gemfan Hobby sponsored us um, to completely refit our entire track with, uh, with Gemfan gates. Kudos to Gemfan. Um, Great. Yeah, so uh, this is this is race two. Uh, so mm-hmm. we're looking there at uh, a rugby field with um, all of these these uh, um, championship size gates, uh, and you can see next to those those Jemfan flags are four point two meters tall. Uh, so looking at that double gate, that's
0: a big um, gate. The, I thought it was just far away. <laughs> Sorry.
2: <laughs> so that that's our double gate. Uh, so I feel terrible for uh, not being
1: able to hit those in like Velocidrone and others now. <laughs> now I see the size of them in real life. I feel
2: quite ashamed. Well that's that's the championship size. So that is twice as wide almost as uh, as a standard um chapter gate. Uh so that that thing is um three meters wide and you could get glass through that, couldn't you? Yeah. Three meters wide and five meters tall, that is. So yeah, if you breathed in with the next class, you'd, you'd get through there.
0: Speaking of next class,
1: as our lovable <laughs> <a little laughs> moron, not quite breathing in, but hey, eh?
2: that would definitely fit. He's off. He's fit. off to
1: compete with this uh, monstrosity that Jack built. Now, no, did not... you do a test hover with your foot on it, mate? No, no <laughs> he didn't bring any props, <laughs> Percy. se. Um, he got he got two feet. It's not enough spares. Clean, clean Flight
0: <laughs> uh, SPF3 board. clean flight, SP Racing SPF3. F3,
1: I mean, the mm-hmm. forefront of technology, circa 2016. Yeah. Um, that's what the X, X-Class racers love, apparently, the older F3s. Yeah,
0: and there's like notes I, I, and I'm, stickers and all sorts on there. It's a
1: monster. I
2: love race directing the X-Class. Race directing X-Class races is so much fun because they're, they're so... Good for the spectators, they make such a good noise and they always catch What were fire.
1: the ESCs so that Tony is running there? They one twenties, or did he go for the 200s on that? Yeah. So we have a picture of, Frank's just pointed out, say what you see. So we, we, we see a, a small man holding a very large quad um, or, or a very large man holding a small aircraft. We're not entirely sure. We see a zipper. We see
0: <laughs> not much. So, yeah, AP Racing ESCs, uh, AP Racing...
1: Um, what, uh, what, what, yeah, he, but what are the APD ESCs, I was asking? Are they the 120FX3s? Are they the I 200s? Don't, I don't know. He should be here. Do, do I'm having a call? bit of a natter with APD recently, so I was just asking, because the 200s are opto-isolated and you don't get RPM telemetry, whereas the 120s, you, get, you can get RPM telemetry off them. So no just, idea what it's called. Not that Tony is running a version of Betaflight recent enough to actually use RPM telemetry, but hey, whatever <laughs> 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 A constant bug with Tony is that he insists on running stuff from five years ago because that's what worked. Uh, and I just, yeah, oh, I just... Because the, cool. the nerd rage just rises in me like a tide.
0: I tell you. Oh, the, the X-Class... From fossil stuff, it's the new frame called the Falcor and um,
1: numbskull no. is in says the me. 120s, yeah, the 120 amp APDs. The 200s are um, somewhat ludicrous. We, we haven't yet found mm-hmm. anyone. I think there's one guy I know who runs the 200s and he builds ridiculous rigs like full on ludicrous mm-hmm. rigs. Andy, uh, okay, noisy boy, if you're out there. You want to tell us about your ludicrous rigs sometime, please uh, drop by. But <laughs> the guy builds some insane stuff. Um, and he's yeah. the only person I've seen I'm... who runs the 200 amp so far, which are the 14S I, capable I, ones. They've all got
2: individual to and um, one big one. Yeah. I'm going to really miss not running the race that we're not discussing because um, that, that was going to be X class. Well, it's nice
1: to have the field that... to yourself as well, isn't it? Because you were just being shooed off yeah. by a bunch of. Uh, Angry well, we, pilots. We sha We, we, shan't, we shan't yeah, discuss. Fair enough. But, I uh, mean, I, yeah. I, 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 hands up. Like yeah. I, I thought, it was interesting to, to go there last year, but the fixed wing <clears> stuff left me completely cold, and I was, I was quite bored, and I left early. So, you know, yeah, make of it what you well, want.
2: And, and unfortunately, there won't be any X class or, or wings this year. The, the risk assessment was was, um, yeah, it, it wasn't viable. Unfortunately, not
1: viable at an um, airport. That's used for full-size <laughs> aircraft. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but let us you
2: We shall. We shall find a way to do some X-class stuff. Um, with FPV this is a mere continuation of some the rant work. that
1: I embarked on last week. By the way, so let's just and, curtail this and, and, <laughs> and gracefully. Move. Uh,
2: and ho- hopefully, some wing stuff as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, I haven't done any wing stuff yet this year. That was going to be my first. We'll, we'll so see back what back else to pops the, up uh, later The killer the year. I
1: think there's a couple other things. Like apparently, your sign-ups are looking really strong this year
2: um well the, this is the the whole thing with not doing bqes so race two wasn't a Bqe so that was a little quieter but actually it was nowhere near as quiet as I was fearing it would be Always a BQE. uh race three which a uh, British qualifying event so you earn points towards the championships that year um so that uh, there are I think uh, a segment of our hobby that will only get out of bed for a bqe um and we need to change that I, just the only I don't
1: know
2: do something different you know if we do something different then they will come and you know we've just got to make it really good events that aren't bqes and really amazing mm. events that are bqes so what are you going to do you're going to throw the the a, bit of a twist on
1: hard. it do something a bit unusual more fire. So, in, mm. flaming hoops <laughs> so, like you know jump through the flaming hoop fly through the flaming hoop
2: yeah so we've, we've done some bits and bobs um so we've got the, the five race series for killer quads and only two of those will be a BQE. There's also a five race series being run by WARE, um, which is uh, W-A-R-E, and they've actually also brought me in to race direct those. Okay. So FPV Racing Solutions are doing those five races for WARE FPV as well. Um, and signups for those have been have been pretty good. Um,
1: what do they bring to the table? For race
2: three, uh, WARE have their own um, dedicated field so they can just set their track up and leave it, which is nice. brilliant. Um, so, so I roll up, open the doors of the trailer one day, uh, or, or take, um, take all of that kit. Um, oh, Starlink. I need to mention Starlink. Yeah. Yeah. That was actually well. next question,
1: <laughs> I have a list. Um,
2: but I'm, I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that we're doing our, my first killer quads, first FPV racing, racing solutions, first weekend event. Um, and it was advertised at the start of the year. I advertised all five of them at the start of the year. I didn't want to mess around, just dead to the dates, put them in your diary. It's got like 23 pilots signed up already uh, with a 42 pilot limit, so it's halfway there, um, and it's, it's a, what, a month and a half away, so I expect that will go up a bit cool. as well. Um, for a weekend-long event, I, I think that's pretty good. I'm pretty pleased with that, actually.
1: What we needed someone to get like um, an ultra permanent field, and then they could dispense with gates entirely, and just you know, for each race, just just put up some logs, just go for like an henge yeah, style mean, uh, race event.
2: That would be the amazing thing if you could set up uh, a dedicated um, space, lay lay the track out, lay gates out in different. You, because you could you could have a set of permanent features and a set of. Moveable features, and you could, yeah, there's there's all sorts of stuff. If I I won the lottery tomorrow, land is so hard to come by in this
1: country. You hear of people in the US, oh, just buy a field. You can't really do that so much in this country.
2: Yeah, it doesn't work over here.
1: This episode was recorded in front of a live online audience, downloaded and edited to make sense when it's played audio only. Censored to please the iTunes people, hosted on the internet, forwarded through to your podcast provider, downloaded, playing on your device, and is now playing in your ears, all thanks to our Patreons. Consider joining them and you'll also get other online benefits. Find out more at patreon.com forward slash let's drone out. So Starlink, um, tell us about
2: that. Starlink, yes. So one of the, um, one of the headaches, if you want to stream your race, uh, is we have, uh, and other race directors will tell you the same stories of trying to put uh, 3G modems on sticks and, and hold them up in the air because uh, trying to get broadband in the middle of a field in the middle of nowhere is a nightmare. Um, and I'm, I made a very good contact with uh, Doctor FPV uh, David, uh, who is uh, a senior research techie bod for Virgin Media O2. Um, and then worked with him on the HD Zero race back in the day in the Milton Keynes-Dons football stadium. Uh, so I, I was lamenting to him, you know, because he works for Virgin Media R2, like, oh, 3G, 4G, when do we get 5G? When's it going to be affordable? When, you know, when are we going to be able to have reliable internet in the middle of a mm-hmm. field? And it turned out he'd been working on a project uh, in his day job um, combining powers with Starlink, uh, so uh, the Virgin Media O2 research department, n- not because this the is something O2 that's themselves. available in the
1: US, isn't it? But to consumers elsewhere, yeah. it's not been on the table so far. Uh,
2: we've got it in the UK now. Uh, the thing that was killing it was that it was geolocked, ah. so you could have a Starlink dish, but you couldn't move it anywhere. Um, so, uh, Doctor FPV brings along his Virgin Media O2 research equipment, and uh, he is part of the crew. You'll see him in his FPV Racing Solutions shirt running around, uh, and he just he brings Starlink uh, and plugs awesome. it in the field and, and sets it up, and he, he just gives me an Ethernet cable and goes, there you what, go. What's the uplink? I know the downlink was got, okay. On. I thought
1: the uplink kind of sucked on that.
2: So the down is about 200, and up is about 60. Oh,
1: that's pretty feisty. Oh, I was anticipating maybe uh, a third of that. <laughs>
2: yes. So, com- compared to the the usual dance with, that we used to have to do with a three G hotspot, it's an absolute mm. dream, an absolute dream. So you can you can pump up the quality of your stream. Um, you know, you can start, you can put all your OBS Studio settings up a bit because you've got decent upload. Uh, you, you plug it in. As long as you've got clear line of sight to the sky, you've got internet. It's amazing. We're, we are very grateful to uh, to David and uh, VMO two for for hooking us up with that. And and again, like the VAR judge, it's it's a thing that that takes the pressure off of my brain. Uh, I don't have to deal with it as much. Um, and also, speaking of taking pressure of, off of my brain, is Matt FPV. Um, so Matt Neal has also joined the FPV Racing Solutions team, uh, and he comes and uh, co-commentates with me. And uh, when I need to go and grab a burger or have a wee not both at the same time uh he can run the deck um get the races going so uh, it's it's kind of spiraled into this this whole thing it's been great fun
1: awesome so i think next on the list here um so we we talked about the var stuff that's that's fantastic. I heard that you're also an examiner now for FPV racing certificates. So if people want to get certification, <laughs> like muggins here, for example, that you are someone they can go to.
2: Yes, absolutely. So um, the BMFA uh, have been doing some work uh, to bring their certification system, you know, up to speed with FPV and, and, and drone racing and. You know they're really trying to to embrace us more um, and, and make an effort towards that the FPV racing side. Uh, so they came up with their FPV racing certificate, uh, and I was lucky enough um, last year at the UK Championships run by the BDRA at BMFA headquarters in Buckminster. Uh, I was I did the examiner's exam. <laughs> uh, I think there were. Um, four of us that did it um hopefully there are more than four of us in the uk now uh but that does mean that uh if you do want to sit your fpv racing certificate as a bmfa member um pop along to a, a killer quads practice night on a friday um or if you want to get hold of me and come and do it at say, one of our events And for, for people who uh, haven't
1: met killer quads before you're flying out of what location
2: uh so killer quads races are at bromsgrove bromsgrove rfc uh you can find us on all the socials um killer quads is on uh facebook fpv racing solutions on on facebook there's a page there as well awesome and if if anybody wants to come along to an event run by fpv racing solutions and uh sit that exam don't ask me on the morning (laughs) get hold of me before (laughs) uh um we can sort something out for you, you can you can sit that certificate uh,
1: do you say you you're flying at this wear club down at SG11
2: uh yeah sg yeah sg11 is where so if you have a look on uh the ifpv site uh ifpv.co.uk um you will find the calendar there for is it .co or is it's about yeah, looks
1: about 5 miles west of stansted
2: yeah 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 so the all of the 2023 calendar is up there at at ifpv.co.uk um that's kind of like the ticket master of the fpv racing world right um so if you you want to find an event um our events and, and everybody else's events are up there awesome well nice well
1: where isn't that far i lots of places aren't that far i need to pull my finger out my butt I'm not very <laughs> race motivated I love the idea that people are racing. I'm just very. I'm not very competitive, unfortunately. I find it all fascinating—the technology <laughs> around it, how fast people can go. This is all amazing. I just don't really. Yeah,
2: yeah you've got to you get out there and have yeah. fun. You know? Sounds We're, like it. We, we need to get back to the days of having fun yeah. with quads. You know, come to a race because it's good fun, not because you're chasing qualifying points for a championship. Mm. That's a along. great we,
0: statement. Thanks. Was the was the examiner test
2: hard? Um, the flying bit, no. Uh, <laughs> the um, the understanding the reasons for failing someone was um, quite involved because it, it's easy to know what the right answers are. Um, it took some understanding and learning um, for what the wrong answers are.
1: I've read the BMFA if, verbiage if and. Sense surprisingly the flying portion of the multi-rotor racing a certificate is the smallest part of the test um yeah the, the the safety checks before you take off the communication with your observer and all this stuff by far by far outnumbers and outweighs any of your flying skills it's all about answering yeah. the questions correctly before you take off and talking to your observer yeah. while you're flying it looks like right
2: a, a a lot of it is stuff that you should be doing by second nature. Um, you know, checking your kit before you fly, um, organising with your observer what their responsibilities are, uh, s- safety considerations if there are changes to the environmental surroundings, you know, the, the weather. It's all kind of actually common sense, but that that thing about common sense is sometimes it's not so common. The, the good thing is that if you sit down and have a read through it, like you have, you'll look at it and go, oh, yeah, actually, that all makes sense. And it will instill in people that, that thought, that knowledge, to actually think about it. Um, and, it and that takes away that part with, you know, the, get a drone for Christmas and lose it in the park the next day.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. I must say I I joined the BMFA today on a whim because I wanted to do the FPV racing, sir. And Yeah. This is one of the worst designed websites I have ever seen. This is <laughs> I'm it's not, incredibly I'm difficult. But I flew with them. So I, I it, with them. No. it appears that the people who have reviewed the website content knew the content already before looking at the website and therefore didn't address any of the deficiencies of the website. It's if it's a website that serves to repeat things to people who know them already and if you don't know it you can't find it on the website so i I should have bought the bdf membership instead of the bmfa it didn't make it clear what the bdf was other than to say it was for drones and apparently it's exactly the same as the bmfa except the billing period starts when you pay but the website doesn't tell you that website gives you a whole load of fluff
2: God love them. The, the the BMFA do a lot of good work. I don't think I could put their website in the same column no. as a lot of their good work.
1: It's a website designed for people yeah. who already know the content on the website.
2: I think that's fair. Yeah. Sorry, BMFA. But yeah, your, your yeah. website does need a tweak. But I mean, that, it's hard, isn't it? Especially when things develop in a kind of organic way, which is, I think, what that website yeah. kind of has done. Um, it's, it's not quite there. It, it's not quite where it needs to be it's good for
1: members who already know this stuff as a reminder but from coming in as an outsider you're just met with this barrage of information that is all inward Mm. facing and not outward facing Mm. it's already oh if you know this then you'll remember this no i don't i have no idea what you're talking about
2: yeah as an organization they're they're well worth supporting you know they have got model flying at their very spine um and, and they do a lot in the background for for drones, and they are trying to to move. That's why the the, um, the drone kind of subsection. Well, it's not a subsection; it's a, a category. That's why it's kind of sprung up. Um, and there are there are some guys there that are really trying to to get involved and engage the drone hobby because it's important. We're all fi- we're all pilots. We're all yeah. sharing the air. We're all we're just all having fun with models that fly. Um, yeah. So I I, I I I was historically in my past not that enamored with the BMFA um having worked more closely with them and spoken to them and helped them with some stuff and they've helped me with some stuff I realized how much they really do in the background but kind of sl- part of their problem is it's not that's not very visible.
1: Yeah, and the public presence really is what people think of the organisation so I think it's yeah. it, it's a society that's you know maybe dominated by people who don't really use the internet that much, and unfortunately, that that needs to be updated. The handbook I think is a great part of the site, but I only found that handbook by searching for the sweets algorithm, the sweets mnemonic, which was mentioned in the the test, and I wasn't aware that handbook.bmf.a.uk was a website. It's not yeah. mentioned anywhere that's else. I have just joined as a member, and I wasn't made aware of it
2: yeah needs work yeah
0: um you know the uh the examining stuff you you mentioned the the reasons on like failing uh people is there any like key things that you'd recommend to someone to kind of like look into before they take their test
2: um well the the guidance is available online um as as you've found um, so you definitely need to be um, reading through that and understanding what it's trying to get at. Um, in terms of the the questioning, the question and answers portion of it, as an examiner, you're not there to catch people out. Um, you know, it's, there there are no trick questions. And um, if, if somebody is absolutely unsafe, then they're not going to pass it. If somebody is doing their absolute best, then they, they're likely to pass because they're going to have done the reading they're going to have a a, a pretty good understanding of what they should be doing what their responsibilities are and it's difficult to fail to be honest i think you've you've really got to have turned up completely unprepared to fail it um and, and if you have turned up completely unprepared you probably deserve to fail yeah
0: good good practices just off the top of your head you know like things that you know like we should all start getting into our habit is it like declaring you're gonna power on declaring you're gonna arm take off
2: yeah yeah i guess i kind of i forget about stuff because like, i do a lot of racing at the moment but yeah if, if you're out with your mates and there's three or four of you you need to be in those good habits of i'm gonna power on of who you know figure out who's on what channel go back to the old days um so i use race ducks i use the they're over there somewhere. Um, duck key rings with a channel on each duck. And and if you're holding a duck, you've got the channel. That's just the same as pegboards back in the day, mm-hmm. right? Um, so you, you can't just all rock up to a bando and all power on on R2 at 600 megawatts and expect not to die horribly. So you, you do have to get into those good practices mm-hmm. of, you know, power on away from people, shout your power ons, know your kit, um, you know, know that your your props are on the right way right round. you've looked over it you know you, you haven't got a power lead hanging off somewhere you're not putting a drone on the ground a meter in front of somebody that's got their goggles down and oh yeah it. this is another thing they really
1: don't want you taking off from your feet they want you taking off the, from, the, from yeah from a line the, a meter away yes. yeah yeah
2: yeah and that's how it should be you, if you're out with your mates, you shouldn't be powering on all stood there. You should be carrying that drone to a takeoff area and powering it there. And when and when you're coming back, if you're if you're all stood there in a line, um, and someone's ripping balls at the backside of a bando somewhere, and you're stood next to him, you come back and land at your feet. It doesn't matter how far apart your channels are. He's dead because because you've got a powered quad a foot away from him and his quad's 300 foot over there behind a brick wall not
1: necessarily
2: mm, pretty usually only if you're flying analogue
1: <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, when's the last time you flew analogue I mean
2: I haven't flown analogue for months, there you are. <laughs> months, and months, and months thank you it's for the all, honest answer <laughs>
0: I, 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 you know, knock my power down before coming in. Little power down switch. You
2: still shouldn't. You you shouldn't have a a powered-on quad right next to your mate. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm trying not to.
0: Yeah. But, yeah, I lower my milliwatt when coming in.
1: So it just helps.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just like
1: go ballistic, you know, give yourself a bit of a punch, disarm, and just... Coast in gently like a
2: cannonball. <laughs> if, <laughs> if, if if there's a if there's a bunch of you, you should have three areas. You should have your flight line. You should have your takeoff area. You should have your landing area. And they should they should be fairly well separated. I noticed
1: the FPV racing what? certificate. I think is it um, you can land, but you shouldn't roll more than a meter.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I I've always if I attend one of your events, I might make a hide the sausage game. Where there's a powered on VTX and the OSD that says find the sausage. And then it's a VTX taped to <laughs> VTX and OSD taped to a sausage and it's hidden somewhere. And the, the, you win a prize for finding the sausage.
2: That sounds like a party game for Saturday night at uh, Race 3.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> Frank asks Has there been much uptake? I'm guessing he's talking about the FPV uh, examine.
2: um through me not masses um it has to be said um that's probably more down to the fact that i haven't publicized crazily that i'm an examiner um which i probably i'm guilty there i should i should make more of that um the the local guys like the, the killer quads guys if they want to do it they've done it a couple of them have done it um i haven't had anyone actually travel to me yet to do it um but yeah as i say that's that's probably more my fault than everyone else uh as for other examiners i'd be interested actually i don't know how many people in the uk have that certificate question for the bmfa um
0: do you want to read that one out sorry
2: uh always within visual line of sight oh yes yes we all we all fly VLOS. yeah, yeah from oh, if you're behind a gate every do you day. have to disarm <laughs> um yeah the 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 rules need to catch up with the reality uh we, we've got this wonderful section 16 section 19 where it is um in in a race situation we are we are a uh it's not called a shielded operation is it that's something else uh but we're in a a controlled Yeah, there's a funny
1: operate um, a funny term they had for the operations it was it was it a sanitized operation Something like that.
2: Something like yeah. that. Yeah. I can't remember from the top of my head. It does actually mean that we we don't need um, individual dedicated spotters for each mm. racer.
1: But technically, if you because... break line of sight because you're travelling behind an obstacle like a flag or a gate, that is breaking visual line of sight, and you technically should be disarming and dropping to the ground.
2: Technically, technically. yes. It, maybe <sighs>
1: That's wrong, someone isn't should it? revisit those rules. Just a just a teensy bit, a
2: teensy bit. Yeah funny that
1: but Sterile that's what boring. comes when you,
2: you, you yeah Sterile, you've got a, a legislative it. body that are very risk adverse Think and very, very ill-informed so it's it's up to us to inform them we've just got to go out there and, and do what we do and do it well uh, and show that we are you know not killing buses of nuns and they'll they'll get on side, they'll get on board no more
1: well, yeah. than one bus a week yeah
0: you know, like the I shot JR t shirts. I might do a done I done Gatwick. I <laughs> thought you already had
1: one. Didn't Tony buy five no. of them?
0: No. I wish yeah, I well, had the there's, video there's... thing of him talking to police at that thing. If anyone has that and they send it to me, and I'll be like, you know, Tony done Gatwick. Like a print. Be there,
2: so there's a. There's a reason why the police at Gatwick, patrolling outside the fence, didn't find the pilot.
1: There wasn't one. Womp womp. Because it was a police
2: quad. The secret to that statement is outside the fence.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because it was. That, the police were flying from simple. inside the fence.
2: It Wasn't the police? It, it wasn't a police drone, but it wasn't being flown outside the fence. Oh ho oh, oh.
1: ho. Okay.
2: Oh. Was it wasn't being flown from outside the The plot thickens. <laughs> Do
0: you reckon? I don't even think there was one.
2: Yeah, there was.
1: Well, a number of people certainly reported the police helicopter as being a drone because oh, oh, God, the yeah. general public yeah, is able yeah, to competently tell the difference between a large manned helicopter yes. and a small unmanned
2: drone. Yes. This, this cow is small <laughs> and this cow is far exactly. away. Exactly.
1: The Dougal problem. (laughs) 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 Hang on, let me me find that on my channel. Right, and so I think um, FPV Racing Certificate... Okay, yeah, so to boil it down, the FPV Racing Certificate is really focused more on the safety procedures around FPV Racing and not whether you can round a track yeah. the going round a track is the yeah. smaller portion the larger portion is the safety procedures
2: yeah you have to you have to demonstrate competency uh the um when we when we did it at buckminster uh one person did actually almost manage to fail it on the flying section um because they they got one segment they <laughs> kept getting wrong mm. <laughs> 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 um, I love my wife. <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah it's it's not a difficult series of of flying maneuvers required, mm-hmm. but they you do have to fly through some gates and you do have to change directions and you just have to change altitude and um yeah demonstrate some competency
1: uh, don't roll more than a meter because that's that's a lack of control
2: yeah, yeah. Just difficult when you've got fifty degrees of camera angle. Yeah, but, maybe uh,
1: maybe just. Yeah. I'm thinking of doing a relaxed lap on a three and a half inch with like a thirty five degree camera tilt and just sort of you know walk in the park. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> the way to go. I get lost racing. Frank has to tell me where to go.
2: <laughs> well, that's allowed. Your spotter can coach you that as well. I very confusing. In, to be dangerous. fair,
1: because. A trail of cones on the floor only allows for a two D representation of the track, and the track's three D.
2: No, because uh, there's there's a whole nomenclature of of coneage. A nomenclature <laughs> so. of Conage, you say? Yes. A nomenclature you, have you got of any conage. footage
1: or or images? We require Conage diagrams.
2: We <laughs> require Conage diagrams. Well, I, I can I can talk you through some of them. Tell us about for your
1: coneage history uh, and of and LDO. If, if, talking about uh, cones. <laughs> This week on Audio, we will be talking
2: about combs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is...
0: Oh, God, sir. Uh, good luck. you got five minutes.
2: <laughs> well, say say you're heading towards a split S. Right, so now I'm going to have to tell you what a split S is. Take your shirt off. That s-
0: might s- prevent the covers
2: <laughs> So there's a split S and there's a reverse split S. So you're either going to go above the gate and then mm-hmm. back through the gate or through the gate and then back over the gate. So... If you're going high then the line of cones will end in a t so there'll be a, a line of cone the cones you so follow you up to a line of cones
1: then that means you're going over yep. and back through
2: yep you got it so once you go over you'll then be looking for an arrow of cones on the ground which point you back through so we can use the liners go high and the arrow to go back on yourself to actually solve most problems in in coding. So if there's a vertical line before you, you, you go, go
1: through the gate, that means don't go through the bottom one, go through the top one. Yep. Okay.
2: Easy. All right. See, anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> All I heard
0: was. Count, count, count,
2: and if, you, if your spotter's shouting at you, you've gone wrong, then um, just listen to where he's telling you to go. we we'll call it you're the fine. void.
1: Thanks so much. Really appreciate you laying out the history of the cones. Because it's just one of those things you see and you're like, what is this? Have aliens been here? Yeah. I understand what that I'm supposed mean? to follow them, but then this thing happened. What does yeah. that mean?
2: And some, we'll change cone colours as well sometimes.
1: Oh, I just thought that meant um, you have run out of one cone.
2: No. So uh, another thing we were talking earlier and you were saying about what are we doing to kind of mix things up and change things. And one thing we did on race one of the Kiloquads 5 race series, signed up now at IFPV, uh, was we did a joker lane. So we we put uh, a second lap timer out in a joker lane. And actually, if you turned left after the first gate, you could go through one gate where the timer was to pick you up so we knew you'd done your joker and then head back to the middle of the track. So you'd actually shorten, you'd half your, your lap, the, the length of the lap um, and miss out a complicated twiddly element. So everybody was allowed to do one joker lane per qualifying round. So when, when you flew and you could choose which, which lap you were going to choose that on and, and people started, uh, initially everyone was just doing it first lap. I'll do my Joker lane first lap. I'll have my short one first. And then some guys are like, well, actually, no, I'll save it to my second or third, because then I can overtake. Mm. If I'm, like, stuck behind someone, I can use my it Joker might be for pushing an overtake. on
1: subsequent laps as well.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And also your, your battery might be sagging a bit, so you might want to save it for your fourth lap uh, so you don't have to do the complicated Dutch 8 gate with a saggy battery. What's the Dutch 8 um, gate with, with a saggy Joker. battery? <laughs>
0: Oh, so a Dutch 8 Tailspin has ejected
1: on, on the cone <laughs> talk I <laughs> <laughs> just about to find out why a Dutch 8 with a saggy battery is <clears throat> follow this up
2: <clears throat> Well a, a Dutch 8 requires a bit of kind of upside downiness if you're going to really hammer it round so you you don't want to be doing that when you you punch the stick and not much happens um, that's One colour cones for left turns, one colour for right turns oh, yeah, interesting yeah, could be a thing.
0: I barely follow cones on the
1: road. Don't admit <laughs> Don't that. I think Carol. you're supposed to follow the cones. <laughs> you're supposed to
2: avoid you're not the supposed
1: cones. To not supposed to catch them, them and take them home, Caroline. That's the wrong approach. <laughs> there is. Uh,
0: I've, well, they're fr- I've seen some blue cones with electrical warnings. And I did fancy one of them. I've got nowhere to put it. Or specialist no cones ones. for your cone collection. Welcome to the, Cones 101. Well, LTO special <laughs> cone episode. And thank God, on that note, we have run out of time. <laughs> so there'll be
2: no more
1: going. Thanks, Seb. <laughs> Brilliant.
2: I think you've done an
1: excellent job of updating everyone. So if people want to join in with the racing, do you want to sign off with where they can go to get stuck in some racing?
2: Uh, so BDRA is the governing body. Have a look for them on the intertubes and on faceballs. FPV Racing Solutions is... My little bunch, we run around up and down the country running races for people. So if you are starting to look at running races, you need help. I can either come up with a team and run a race for you and show you the ropes. Uh, I can give you advice. I'm happy to share knowledge. Uh, Knowledge is free. I will share it. It gets more people into the hobby. Uh, Killer Quads, uh, the FPV uh, community, uh, also on the Faceballs. come and find us there. We fly every Friday after work. At Bromsgrove RFC, come along, meet us, join in. Uh, if you're looking at our Facebooks, you'll also spot, very occasionally, we'll go and rip a bando um, and do a bit of freestyle flippy flops, but uh, um, I haven't managed any this year. I need to go and scratch my freestyle itch at some point. Uh, and IFPV, um, if you're anywhere in the country and you're looking for a local race, an organised race event, you want to go to ifpv.co.uk. Uh, you'll find the calendar of all the organised events up and down the UK. Awesome.
1: Thank you for being an excellent guest, Cerberus. Really enjoyed that. Everyone, hit that like button. Subscribe. Thank you very much. Thank it's you. been me, the man with the stupid moustache, <laughs> Stephen. Jack? Hello. Thank
0: you very much. Don't forget about our lovely Patreons. They're scrolling across
1: the screen Thank right you now. Our lovely, lovely Patreons.
0: Yep. Keeps us impartial and keeps the... Keeps the show going. Thank you. We'd be nowhere without you.
1: And thank you very much to our special guest Cerberus enlightening us on All Matters Race in the UK. And we'll be having some more race updates covering Scotland in the near future, we hope. So thank you very much. And good night.
0: Bye. Bye. Cheers, guys. Telemetry lost.